Good morning and welcome to your Friday Five, a weekly newscast from the Boston University News Service. It's Friday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm Hannah Harn, podcast and production editor. And I'm Paige Colley, our science and tech editor. Today, we'll take a look at our top stories from this week, including climate change's impact on New England's ski industry, a review of sweat by the Huntington Theatre Company, and some highlights from the New Hampshire primaries on Tuesday. Let's get started so you can start your day. Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang announced he would be suspending his campaign in front of a crowd of supporters and volunteers at the Puritan Conference Center in Manchester, New Hampshire on Tuesday. We have touched and improved millions of lives and moved this country we love so much in the right direction. And while there is great work left to be done, you know I am the math guy, and it is clear tonight from the numbers that we are not going to win this race. I am not someone who wants to accept donations and support in a race that we will not win. And so tonight I am announcing I am suspending my campaign for president. Yang's campaign had been lagging with only $3.7 million in cash on hand and a slew of staff layoffs following a disappointing fifth-place finish in Iowa. Yang ran on the message of humanity first and proposed a universal basic income. This story was reported by Stella Lawrence. To listen to the full story, visit BUNewsService.com. New England skiers trekked to nearby slopes this winter to enjoy the cold weather and ideal winter sports conditions, but the snow under their skis may be anything but natural. Winter sports complexes are already preparing for an oncoming threat, a warmer climate. As the earth warms, snowfall is predicted to become more unreliable in the region. Winter tourism activities contributed $269 million to Massachusetts and $12 billion to the U.S. economy in 2009 and 2010 alone, according to a study by Protect Our Winters and the Natural Resources Defense Council. The study projects the average number of days with snow cover in New England declined by 50 to 75 percent, depending on greenhouse gas emissions. From 1999 to 2010, the downhill ski industry lost an estimated $1 billion in revenue between low and high snowfall years. Elizabeth Burakowski, a research assistant professor at the University of New Hampshire, co-authored the study and said in the northeastern United States, the ski area's biggest adaptation has been snowmaking. Ski resorts began making their own snow around the 1970s, she said, and the technology plays a crucial role in light of climate change. She said she hopes people who participate in winter sports and feel these effects can understand the personal impact climate change will have on them. Sometimes climate change can be really hard to grasp or to understand or even recognize in your own backyard, Burakowski said, and I hope this provides a connection to folks that may not have realized it before, that this is actually affecting them in a very personal way. The story was reported by Diana Lean. Bill Weld spent the weekend in New Hampshire securing votes in his run against President Donald Trump in November's election. During an event at a bookstore in Exeter, the former Massachusetts governor explained all the reasons why he sees himself as the right candidate for the presidency. Unlike Trump, Weld said he had a progressive views on climate change, education, and immigration. At the same time, he believes that Senators Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren have such radical ideas that they could alarm independents and moderate Democrats. This story was reported by Matteo Vigneri. For the full story, visit BUNewsService.com. Ringing in 2020 evokes imagery and nostalgia for the roaring 1920s with a twinge of anxiety about a financial crisis that would devastate the country, the Great Depression. As the woman of sweat ringing a millennium birthday in 2000 to the soundtrack of Santana's Smooth, the same anxious feeling creeps in under their formerly trending knee-high boots. 
The Pulitzer Prize-winning play by Lynn Nottage follows the personal and working relationship between factory workers, Cynthia and Tracy, during two parallel timelines, one in 2000 and one in 2008. The latter is in the wake of what is often called the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression. In yet another era of economic and political turmoil, sweat feels eerily relevant, complete with references to a tight presidential election. Huntington Theatre Company's rendition of Nottage's work gets up close and personal, offering some comfort in cheery newscast voices announcing a perfect summer day juxtaposed alongside Jason's white supremacist face tattoos in the 2008 storyline. The cigarettes Tracy can't get enough of, the same boring beer Stan always serves, and even the unchanging wall posters in Howie's Tap all create a sense of serious hardship masked by an outer layer of enjoyment and mirth. Nottage's program note for the show is titled Reading, Pennsylvania, but it could be anywhere, emphasizing the sheer universality of the tensions and sweat, including race and class relations, blows to American manufacturing, and how substance abuse and financial struggles can fracture even the strongest families and individuals. Sweat is a wonderfully rich microcosm of working-class America. Reading, but it could be anywhere, 2000 or 2008, but it could be any year. The story was reported by Sienna Gildom. To read the full review, visit bunewsservice.com. Last but not least, a postcard from Manchester. It's cold, it's misty, it's primary day in New Hampshire. But while the streets are quiet in the late afternoon, in Castro's back room on Elm Street, the self-proclaimed Brothers of the Leaf sit in leather chairs, smoking fine cigars and shooting the breeze. The group of four seems to sit all over the map. Today's primary is something to spectate for them, and they're all watching from a different seat in the theater. Harry Turk grew up in East Berlin before the wall fell. To him, talk of free health care and higher education sound familiar, and not in a good way. And, and, you know, idealistically, ideal, idealistically it, it appeals, right? It very much appeals to be taken care of by the society. But the human nature is not such that uh, you will eradicate certain behavior patterns. To his left sits Carl Pease of Fall River, Massachusetts. He's got a black Make America Great Again hat on, sports a neat beard, and can blow smoke rings around the competition. People are now trying to lower the voting age to 16. Yet, when it comes to tobacco products, we're not smart enough to make a decision till 21. Yet the most important right we have, they want to lower the voting age to 16. I mean, we either have the intelligence or we don't. Across the circle sits Andrew Dobos, 50, of Manchester, New Hampshire, who was originally from Hungary. Now he looks quite the New Englander, dressed in his Patriots jacket and hat. I can never vote for something that it sounds the same that I ran away from, that I wanted to be here for. So when I hear Bernie and when I hear all the other ones, free this, free that, for free, 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 money, 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 from where? They close the chat with a word of advice, almost an invitation. So you will always find, if you walk into a smoke shop, that you will have a great conversation. Any smoke shop, anywhere, you'll find that. Good people. We are not judgmental. We are accepting any way of political orientation. This story was reported by me, Hannah Harn. To listen to the full story, go to bunewsservice.com. And that's it for your Friday Five. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. For the full versions of this week's stories, visit bunewservice.com slash podcasts and click on today's episode. We'd like to thank today's contributing writers, Stella Lawrence, Diana Lean, Matteo Veneri, Sienna Gildum, and Hannah Harn, as well as our production team. This week's episode of Friday Five was produced by Hannah Harn. 
And be sure to check out our latest episode of Between the Bylines, where we sit down with our contributors to discuss our top stories through the lens of student journalism. Next week, we'll be talking about New Hampshire, a recap of the primaries. Visit us online at bunewsservice.com slash podcast for more information. Mm-hmm.